At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. In a world where movies were never safe to begin with, and the truth is stranger than fiction, starring Moral Bob, Drew Misson, and Andy Rouse. Conspiracy Theater 3000. Our impulses are being redirected. We are living in an artificially induced Something given has no value. Well, I got a couple of thousand goddamn questions, you know. The world ain't what it seems, is it, Gunny? I want to speak to someone in charge. The moment you think you got it figured, you're wrong. Enforce my friends is violent. We've been studying this for years, fighting on our weaknesses. I want a lot to complain. You're safe and alive. You're already dead, everybody. They have created a repressive society, and we are their unwitting accomplices. The world is a business. You have no right to make people crazy. We've got to stop them! They're going to kill us all! How come I know so much? Their intention to rule rests with the annihilation of consciousness. What the hell is going on around here? Who's going We accept the reality of the world with which we're presented, with which we're presented, with which we're presented. All right, everybody, welcome back to Conspiracy Theatre 3000. We have something new and different for you all. Now, you all know that the founding members of our little show were myself, Moral Bob and Andy Rouse. Well, at the moment, Andy's really busy with his own podcast. He's got lots of things in the work and happening. So we wanted to keep the show going. So we've invited someone special on to come and join us. Ryan Dean, welcome to Conspiracy Theatre 3000. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm very excited to be on and just talk a, a little bit about some movies, man. I watch movies all the time. And uh, I am familiar with the uh, you know show that this was based on, right? Uh, you know, Mystery Science Theatre, all that good stuff. But... Yeah. I think what you guys here are, are, are doing is much, much better. So I'm happy to be a part of it, man. Thank you both for inviting me on. Yeah, man. Thanks for no coming problem on. at all, Matt. Right. Yeah. I think we'll get into some fun stuff. And I mentioned before, I really feel like, you know, like the, the odd man out here without the red beard. I mean, like I'm really, really, uh, you know, feeling weird here, but we'll, at we'll get through it. At least you have a beard, though. So right. It'd be weird you if you are bearded. Mustache. Right. Just yeah, the yeah, mustache yeah. is a it's a strong look, man. That is that is, like you are making a statement with just a mustache. And I'm not and sure what that statement is, but yes, you, you've got you really only have you only have three choices with just a mustache. You're either a 70s porn star, you're a cop, or you're a pedophile. Right. Like, I that's, have sometimes all yeah. three. <laughs> I'm two of those things. Let the listeners decide which two. <laughs> we'll post a poll. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, man. So what are we getting into here today, man? Like, I, I'm real curious to see how, how you guys run the show. 
um you know just with somebody new on i'm I'm, like i said honored to be part so let's see what like what are we getting into here all right so we are jumping into a little fan favorite and a huge favorite of moral bobs bob says a certain quote from this film in every single podcast i've been in with take it away bob (laughs) welcome to walmart welcome to costco i love you (laughs) that's it's walmart walmart's the real person i got mixed up with reality for a second (laughs) Yeah. So it is, of course, Idiocracy, 2006 film, directed by Mike Judge. Idiocracy tells the story of Corporal Joe Bowers, played by Luke Wilson, a decisively average American who was selected as a guinea pig for a top-secret hibernation program, but is soon forgotten. Awakening in the future, so incredibly moronic, he's easily the most intelligent person alive. That is what we're breaking down today, ladies mm. and gentlemen. Mm. Fan favorite, for sure, dude. I mean, how many times have you guys seen this movie? I've seen this movie, oh, God, man, we used to watch it a lot when I was younger. Um, I've seen it probably no less than 10 times. Okay, okay. I appreciate so, that. Drew, uh, this, came at, this came out the year I graduated high school, and I was one of the very few people who saw it in the cinemas. And I had a very short run in the cinemas, too. And God, as soon as it came out on TV, I bought that, and I binge-watched it at least 30 times in the first year. I thought it was goddamn hilarious. The Al My Balls stuff, <laughs> pure genius, comedy gold. <laughs> now, how how does it how does it register with Aussies? I'm real curious as to that. Like with culture, anything culturally speaking, I'm wondering always like how something like that because a lot of people don't know like Beavis and Butthead up there. I would assume or down there. Yeah, over there. Like how does it um, register? Well, you look at this film, and ironically, <laughs> over there. Uh, well, it's <laughs> almost like it's a mockumentary of what current America is anyway. <laughs> like, as outsiders, foreigners looking in at America, we see your media, we see what it's like over there. It hits a lot of the finer points of social decay in the States that's that's currently happening. And it just, it's a big old piss take as far as we're concerned. So we laugh at it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man, it's, it's interesting how everybody likes to poke fun at the United States. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's wild. That like this is in your in your the way that you describe that it's like a, a a take on the U.S. I I see it as like a whole world thing. Like I think that the whole world is completely fucked and completely retarded. Like this movie at this point, right? Oh yeah, Americanizations definitely happened to the West. Like I don't think there's any real Western countries left. Are all American vassal states at this point? Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Five eyes, right? And it, I mean, it does speak to the world today but man america has a big giant ass target on its back i mean we are just epically stupid like wildly dumb yeah man do you think it comes from like like what does this come from because obviously you know my judge is making fun of this stuff but this is i mean this has been present for such a long time and it seems like a lot of people that are like disenchanted with politics and all this kind of stuff they're getting on that bandwagon right now that yeah the whole idea of voting is stupid the the like western ideology is fake and it's all it's all like kind of built on smoke and mirrors and all this stuff but it started at some point and i'm curious when that started we don't need to necessarily talk about that right now but this is no new phenomenon right like this is something that's been going on for quite some time and it's interesting that a, a movie like this which i call a documentary i i mentioned this to you bob this is a documentary yep um uh, when did it start? You know, like, uh, that's that's my my big question. Well, here's a little answer for you, right? Or something that I've found out. 
This film's actually loosely inspired by a book called The Marching Morons, which was written in 1951 by Cyril M. Cornbluth, an American writer. So it's talking about the ideas of, like, the idiocracy of the world, things becoming so dumb and so obviously stupid, yet the world just, the machine just keeps chugging along without any regards to the choices that broader society's making. So you're like, you're right, Ryan, it has been in the works for a long time, but is it a case of every culture goes through this type of a moment? But who knows? This movie gives it a real good insight. Well, yeah. And like, where do people like, uh, you know, Bob and myself, where, where would we fit into something like this? Because obviously neither one of us is thinking that, that we're a genius, but obviously, you know, if, if you're saying Drew over there in Australia, um, you know, this is an American focused type thing. And I'm not saying that you're right or wrong. It's just an interesting take to me. Where do people that like see through the bullshit, where do they fit in with this whole BS system? Like, it's interesting to me. Yeah, really good question. Um, I think that's what the movie's about. It's trying to figure out where you would see yourself in that film. If you're alive in that time, in that timeline, are you one of the average idiots? Are you the likes of a Joe or are you someone completely different? That's what you have to try and figure out watching this documentary, as you put it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I mean, let's get into it. All right. Um, here's a, a quick little fire round of did you know facts from the film that I came across. So, you know, in the start of the film where it introduces the two families and the family trees that start to branch off, the Cleveland family, which is the rednecks, in that whole breakdown when you see all the little faces pop up everywhere like the family trees expanding over time, you see Hank and Bobby Hill visible within that family tree from <laughs> King of the Hill, clearly Mike <laughs> Jugg's own work. Uh, you also see a dog, a chimpanzee, a goat, Donald Rumsfeld, George W. Bush, and Condoleezza Rice. Nice. Some war criminals and some American yeah. heroes there. Bobby and Hank being the American heroes, obviously. They would be, and possibly the chimpanzee. <laughs> the, the other little fun fact that I found out about this film was they had such a low budget for this film and they were trying to make everyone look futuristic, um, having the same sorts of clothes. So we saw the silk clothing with the brand labels and stuff on it, but they needed a piece of footwear for everyone to wear that would be cheap, cost-effective and look futuristic. Well, Judge didn't think he could find anything until his wardrobe coordinator found a startup company and had these really ugly shoes. She said, look at these things. There's holes through them. No one's ever going to want to wear these. And Mike Judge replied, but what if these become popular and everyone's wearing them? And his coordinator said, no one's going to wear these things. Look how ugly they are. And those shoes became Crocs. Mm. And now everybody wears them. And now everyone's wearing them. Yeah. Now, do either of you guys own a pair? I do I not. Don't, no. no, I'm a Birkenstock man. I've thought about it though, because shoes hurt my feet. I'm a big, wide-footed fucking caveman, so like shoes hurt my feet. And uh, I've heard that they're incredibly comfortable. I've never worn a pair. I I will admit I have an off-brand. I have Walmart's off-brand, which they think they call Sharks, which I don't know if that's better or worse, <laughs> but they are fairly comfortable. But I've heard that the actual Croc brand is just next level, like, comfort. And they also have those cool little pins that you can put in those holes now, too. Yeah, I had a I had a friend that was a, a chef, and, like, everybody in, in the back of the house in restaurants wears Crocs because you're on your feet Even all doctors day. Even yeah. Nurses and doctors, yeah. Mm. So it's maybe it's not that dumb right? after all. <laughs> dude you mentioned you mentioned uh hank and bobby hill too uh have you guys heard the theory that bill 
is actually Bobby's real father that he had an affair with Peggy. Did you guys? Yeah, ever... well, I look the same. No, they look the exact same, and they they're similar. They're kind of like both depressed. Uh, if you watch the show King of the Hill, you know there's no similarity between Hank, the propane dealer, and Bobby, this like artistic, autistic type dude. And uh, I mean that's that's built to a T, dude. And there's references of Peggy actually cheating on Hank in some of the show. This is something really. Yes. Yes. Interesting. So, Interesting. The plot. I, I love those. I love those deep thoughts about stuff like that. Stupid shit. Like deep thoughts about stupid, stupid stuff. It's like what Com- I'm what completely my life meaningless shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Continue. Sorry. Speaking of deep, meaningless shit that you had focus on for too long, I have to break down the names again. I do this in every goddamn film, and nine out of ten times, the names seem to correspond with the characters and their character arc throughout the films. It's almost Joe like Bowers, it's not an accident. Almost like it's yeah. written on purpose, right? Yeah. Joe Bowers, um, played by Luke Wilson, is the average Joe of this film. So Joe is Hebrew for God will add, and Bauer is German for the word farmer. So it becomes God will add a farmer. And what does Joe do in the scope of this film? He solves the farming crisis. Uh, Are you Rita, farm or far, like farmer or farmer? Farmer. farmer. So, yeah, German for a okay. farmer. Like okay. He solves the crop problem. So it's wow. his name literally means God adds a farmer and he solves the problem in the world. Rita, which is his love interest in the movie, can be defrauded. Def- Arrived from Spanish and Greek word. However, there's an Arabic variation of it, which nails the name, which breaks down to the rain that comes after a long period of drought. And we find out in this film, there's a huge drought and a dust bowl, which is going over America. And it's not long after she appears through Joe that the rain comes back in the form of water on crops. And that's Rita, huh? That's Rita. So my, my most important question after I, uh, you know, this information is like what does marg mean or marge because margarita that's the first thing that came to mind when you said that a drought like something that's like right i mean what is that right you have to break that down later when you're Uh, drunk when you're drunk you're dehydrated you need rain (laughs) well they're incredibly hydrating but i mean like yeah i mean that's just uh, that's a very interesting thing that you found there where'd you find that dude is this like is this what you do? You break down these words and like how they how they line up with all these different characters with all these. Yeah, so I'll go. So yeah, I'll go through the etymology of of, word, of names. I look at um, go back to Hebrew, Greek. Usually, it's the, the earliest variations of names. Right, right. Give it a definition or a meaning behind it, and most of the time they line up with the characters' progression in stories, which is really interesting. Very interesting. I was looking into the the term of music yesterday, and I found like the idea of muse, right? Like, and and muse versus uh, sirens, and these two things were battling, or or whatever, supposedly. And uh, yeah, man, that's a very very good connection that you made there. That's wild, dude. And the last one, the third major character in our film, Frito Pendejo. So Frito <laughs> is the Spanish uh, word for deep fried or fried. And pendejo meaning idiot or asshole, and he's the epitome of a deep fried idiot. So his brain's completely fried. He's dumb, and he's a bit of an asshole in the film as well. So his name's kind of fitting that. Okay, I like it. I think I'd be that guy out of the three of us. I think Bob would be Rita, and and <laughs> yeah, definitely Rita. I think Drew. I think the Rainbringer baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've just got to put water on the crops; they will grow. Yeah, no. What are they doing on their Gatorade? Brando. 
Uh, it's, it's got that. It's what plant craves. Oh, it's what it's what plants crave. <laughs> Those electrolytes. Oh, dude! I thought about Brondo <laughs> the other day. Uh, I was uh, my wife was on um one of her chicken pages, I think, or homestead pages, and somebody said if your chickens are having problem in the heat, give them give them some Gatorade. And I just instantly thinked idiocracy, and I was like. We're gonna give chickens Gatorade. Oh, chickens crave. Like, like, really? And I just looked at her and I said, "Fucking Brando." <laughs> <laughs> Pedialyte almost makes sense, though. I will say, does Pedialyte not make sense? Well, sure, but uh, there's there's chicken specific uh, hydration stuff that you can put in the water that okay. helps them retain the water better, and it's far cheaper than any of that shit. It, okay. it costs like pennies on the dollar. I've I've had a bag that I've had for two and a half years. Now, can so, you drink it if you need to? If I needed to, yeah, yeah, it's flavorless, so yeah, it's just oh, it's just vitamins and electrolytes that make life it hack. into the water. Yeah, so yeah, people do. crave. If you know a vet, that's where you get the cheap drugs. <laughs> yeah, that's where I get all my uh, animal Xanax and the morphine. Best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's oh what, God. This movie opens up with uh, a narration of the comparison of two families and how their family lines break off and how it's really pushing a like a eugenics agenda in this film, the idea of selective pressures guiding an evolutionary path. As the 21st century began, human evolution was at a turning point. Natural selection the process by which the strongest, the smartest, the fastest reproduced in greater numbers than the rest, a process which had once favored the noblest traits of man, now began to favor different traits. Most science fiction of the day predicted a future that was more civilized and more intelligent. But as time went on, things seemed to be heading in the opposite direction, a dumbing down. How did this happen? Evolution does not necessarily reward intelligence. With no natural predators to thin the herd, it began to simply reward those who reproduced the most and left the intelligent to become an endangered species. So I've got one family or one pair. It's a well-set-off family. You can tell they're both well-educated in academic fields. And then you have a lower-class family, which you would describe as rednecks, right? It follows this family, the family tree, all the times that they have kids, the redneck guy seems to be sleeping with everyone in the trailer park and the well-off family, they seem to keep always having a, a reason for why that it's not a time to have kids or it's just with the, the market in its current state, it's irresponsible to have children or, you know, we're going to go on a European holiday. We can't, we can't jump into this straight away because, you know, we, we need to make sure our savings and our careers are in the right path. So it pushes the idea what we're seeing a lot in the West now where people are prioritizing having a family over physical things, the market, outside pressures that really shouldn't have an impact on having a family. Having kids is such an important decision. We're just waiting for the right time. It's not something you want to rush into, obviously. No way. There's no way we could have a child now. Mm-mm. Not with the market the way it is, no. God, no. That just wouldn't make any sense. But it reinforces that people who don't care about that just breed like rabbits and they keep having kids. Shit, I'm pregnant again! I got too many damn kids! 
thought you was on the pill or some shit. Hell no. Mm, this is an interesting thing. Do you have kids, Drew? No, I don't. Not yet. Okay. I, I, Bob, obviously, I know you have kids. I don't know if we can disclose that. Fifth one on the way. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I deem you as somebody that is not part of the whole system. What makes you, and this is a question like selfishly, I'm asking this, what makes you want to have kids, like multiple kids? Is it just the idea of, of, of you know? Well, in all honesty, the first two were accidents. Right. Um, and But once you become a father, uh, your entire world and value system changes. And, you know, well, it should. <laughs> Let me it's rephrase true. that. Absolutely. It should. Um, and you just you focus on that. And then, I, you know, I had my two kids and my wife had her two kids when we met, you know, and then to, collectively we had four. And then this we're having our first together. And it's just a really it's because I, I'm like the military and I never pull out. There you go, dude. I, 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 I thank you for your service, honestly. But I think it is interesting that, that, you know, that is kind of a narrative that's out there is that like, just dude, you've seen these people out there, these fat people that have like, you know, 20 welfare kids and they're chaining them around and they're like just using these kids for meal tickets, essentially. Right. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not even trying to imply that that would be what you're doing, Bob. Like, obviously, you know me, but like, dude, there's a lot of people that do that shit. And I think that that's actually a very, very interesting point in the movie where they say, like, the intelligent people are not breeding, the stupid people are, right? That's a, it's a, it's a hot take, but I think it's actually kind of valid in some, some instances. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, dude, I pay child support to a welfare queen. So, Ooh. well, um, yeah. So I, I'm quite on the other side of the coin on that one. I don't collect anything from the state. Um, but I think, I think it's pretty common that homestead farmer types have lots of kids. That's pretty common. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you meet a lot of farmers and, and homesteaders and rural people that have tons of kids and, you know, city folk may think that we're stupid, but we're smart sure. enough to not live in the city. So. Well, those are like, you know, historically speaking, those like redneck types in quotes, air quotes, those redneck types are the stupid people. Obviously, I don't agree with that. I think that the people that go to college and get their doctorates, I think that they're more brainwashed than anything else. But society will have you think otherwise. These people oh, living yeah. in farms and doing their own thing are the stupid ones. So that movie is kind of playing into uh, that, that you know, mainstream narrative that that poor people are breeding like crazy and, and all that shit. That's a good point it's funny it had the unintended side effect in australia we had a thing called a baby bonus where one of our previous governments gave out a thousand dollars to every family that had a new baby and it wasn't the people that were well off they didn't need the money so they didn't have kids so it was the people that didn't have money pumped out a whole heap of kids within a short period of time and they spent all that money on televisions and yeah god knows what else because dude i mean it it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to know that you know a a kid is going to cost a lot more than a thousand dollars to raise what what kind of incentive is that well it's the same as when they did the whole freaking jab shit and they were telling people they'd give them a burger a beer you know two hundred dollar gift card you know they were they were giving all sorts of shit away for that thing and people lined oh, up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wild, dude. Wild. People, dude, people can be bought off so easily. And like, I don't think people really realize how easily people are bought off. Not to go off on a on a mild check tangent, but it takes very little to buy most people. I mean, dude, you could pay anybody. Hey, Fed's listening. You could you could buy me. I am available for purchase. You won't like my you price. Too. You won't like my price, but you, I'm available for purchase. <laughs> sure, dude, it's funny. Honestly, obviously, we're not trying to go off. You're totally right of the whole. Totally rated the whole. <laughs> You're selling your ass on this, dude. Obviously, we're not. Hey, trying Rita to go was off hot in that movie, so it's fine. Rita, Rita's a. She smoke ended show, up being right? the first lady, man. So, uh, yeah, no, she's uh, she's definitely very attractive, much more attractive than uh, Jill, our current first lady over here. But I will say again, not going off on a tangent here, but everybody does have their price. I was talking with Ghost, uh, and. and you know, like there's that that trans transgender oh, that Snorlax that's out looking there. motherfucker, Gorlock, Gorlock is what the it goes destroyer. By. Yes, I, I every myself included, Drew, you have a price to fuck that thing, and Moral Bob, your morals will disappear if there's a certain amount of money to have sex with that thing. I was talking about this with Ghost. He was trying to act like he was like, no, dude, I'll never do that. I was like, five million bucks, you'll do it. That's life changing money. That's the thing. Like everybody has their price. A thousand bucks to have a kid. Well, if that's your own to have a kid, that's a very warm guy right in a handshake. Hot uh, Gatorade in a handshake. I, that's my I, favorite thing right there. I want to say something now, but it is super off topic. Um, I mean, it's on this topic, but not on the movie topic. Um, I, I'll go ahead and say it and then we can get back to the movie because I want to see Ryan's reaction. All right. Would you? Let Shaquille O'Neal fuck you in the ass. Yes. Ha! Gay! For $5 million. Yeah. But, but here's the kicker. If you come, you don't get anything. Why would I come, Bob? Would you come? The prostate. <laughs> that was a little too, a little too long. <laughs> no, I'm, I, think I'm glitch, I think I'm glitching, but... The reason that it would be hard to not come is because of the prostate. Okay. So for the record, I have heard that he's like abnormally small. The bigger, the better in that circumstance, because it's not going to feel good. Right. So, you know, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's Shaq. I mean, there's a lot of worse people that it could be, you know what I mean? So yes. (laughs) You had me at, would I let Shaq fuck me in the ass? Yeah, that I would do for a hot Gatorade and a handshake. And this is how we segue into the rest of the film. We see Bud Ruckers gradually over time become buttfuckers. And that whole sign and the wordage of that company changing to buttfuckers kind of emphasizes how the intelligence of humanity and, and the lowbrow comedy of it evolves over time as, air quotes, the dumb people keep reproducing. Mm. Which is uh, it's really interesting because it, it's almost a link back to what the the America's Spanish is compared to European Spanish. So for the people who don't know, at one point there was a Spanish king who would speak with a lisp. So mm-hmm. all the other elites and the nobility would copy his lisp because he was the king. He was popular, and it ended up creating two variations of the Spanish language. So in Latin America, it's what's considered the rural country variation of that language and what's in europe is considered high class 
but it all came back from one idiot person not pronouncing their words properly. So we see that in this film with the fuddruckers into buttfuckers over time. Mm. So yeah, they'd say like Ibiza instead of Ibiza, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, which is gracias. Yeah, yeah, gracias. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, exactly. Like you got a lisp, like yeah, your teeth so are too dumb. big or something. It's so dumb. It sounds so bad too when you hear somebody trying, like, you know, like, no, use the Spanish dialect. It's like, no, that sounds. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, no, I, I heard that in, in uh, high school growing up. And yeah, I, but I, I don't see how you get Fuddruckers to Buttfuckers. That's a, that's a jump. Well, it, that it, was the you joke, see the progression like, over it. Yeah. <laughs> like we even used it, to say it when we were kids. We like, hey, man, you want to go get a burger at Buttfuckers? Like, <laughs> Like it was kind of the joke that that's what you would you would call it because it was, <laughs> it was kind of it was close enough, right? It's close enough, and it starts off as fud ruckers, and then it becomes fut ruckers, and then it becomes bud ruckers, and then it just becomes butt fuckers because they combine all of them eventually. Okay, yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense, man. Evolution, right? <laughs> well, right. what what this movie really proves is that um, majority always rules. It's not the smartest. Sure. It's not the best. It's not. It's not going to be anything but the majority. Like it is the tyranny of the majority. Whether they're dumb as fuck, or smart, or evil, it's always going to be the tyranny of the majority. And I think what it really plays on is that it's it's always the majority is always ignorant. Like you know, it's like also a, it's playing to the lowest common denominator. Like right. Any anytime you're trying to get to a majority, I would say it's just getting to like forty percent. It's getting it to where like the vocal people will go out there and they'll they'll spout out their opinions or their forced opinions, right? Mm-hmm. It's not even half of the population. It's just I mean, like, look at look at who's kind of controlling the world right now and who's siding with that side of of like the the one world government. I don't think most people want that. I don't think most people want globalization. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not willing to die on that hill, but I will say most people don't want their kids brainwashed. And even people that don't have kids don't want their kids brainwashed in these weird things that we see in schools right now. But if you watch the news, it would seem like that is the case. It would seem like most people are tolerant of that because there's a small minority of people that are pushing that idea forward. So it's not even about taking a, a majority. It's not even about taking half. It's about taking the vocal people. And pounding these ideas in their head and saying that right. you're right, you, you've got the you've got the big money behind your ideas, and that's that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just shows how easily think- how easily the masses are swayed. You know, mm-hmm. they're just they're just swayed easily. Yeah, yeah. It pushes that whole idea that emotions drive the majority in their thinking. Like Family Guy does a really good one with Lois when she runs for politics. Mrs. Griffin, what do you plan to do about crime in our city? A lot. Because that's what Jesus wants. 9-11 was bad. I agree with that. What are your plans for cleaning up our environment? 9-11. What about our traffic problem? 9-11. Yeah, it yeah. yeah. just drives at home. Absolutely. Well, uh, George Carlin had a great line. He said, uh, imagine your average American and how stupid they are. Now imagine that half of the people are even dumber than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, That's know. scary, man. 
It's, yeah. It's a lot of and, and dumb students. isn't even like, we're not talking about, you know, college uh, IQ level or any of that stuff. It's just like, I, I see intelligence as street smarts, as like practical knowledge. Like, can you <laughs> fight your way out of a wet paper bag? Can you, can you get through life? You know, without somebody telling you what to do, how many taxes to pay, what money to give to what organization, can you get through life without without somebody telling you to do that? A lot of people can't do it, man. And the people mm-hmm. that can't do it the most are the quote unquote smartest people out there. Yep. They need a system to abide by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. They do whatever their donors or their you know, their funders, their benefit benefactors, they do what they they do. I you know, I used to say it all the time when I was uh, in the libertarian circles. Never underestimate the power of stupid people in large groups. Sure. <laughs> they, sure. they could be loud, a very stupid people. Po- they could be a very powerful force. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see it in said movie. Um, and this is where we see the start of the movie kick off, where the idea is the military wants a way of keeping its best, its brightest, its strongest soldiers because. For the majority of their careers, they never actually engage in wartime and their their skills are wasted. So it starts off with this military panel where an officer is presenting his idea to a group of generals about freezing soldiers in their prime and saving them for warfare when they're needed. <laughs> and it's this huge, it's this whole idea of having people frozen in a cryostasis to save them for later. And he goes through how he found his two people to test it on, a man and a woman. He finds Joe, which is the most average guy in the entirety of the American military. He goes off scales, his IQ tests, his physicals. Everything about him is exactly average, making him the perfect candidate. Then they can't find someone in the military, so they need to find a private contractor, someone from the private division, and they find a whore named Rita. And to get her on board, this military man, this officer, has to jump on board with this pimp named Upgrade, spelt with a double D for a double dose of pimping, and get him on side. And it goes through this really funny spiel about how he had to gain his trust and get on side with him. We had a little less luck in finding a female researcher's dream within our ranks and were forced to look into the private sector. This is Rita. Like Joe, she has no immediate family. Rita agreed to participate in this experiment in exchange for dropping of certain criminal charges and a small fee. We did, however, have to come to an arrangement with her pimp, a gentleman who goes by the name Upgrade, which he spells thusly, with two Ds, as he says, for a double dose of this pimping. Upgrade agreed to loan us Rita for exactly one year and keep quiet on the matter in exchange for certain leeways with the local authorities in running his pimp game. First, however, there was the difficult challenge of gaining his trust. Collins we skip the technicals, please? Sure. Let me just finish here. You see, a pimp's love is very different from that of a square. Collins! Fine. We'll move on. It is a fascinating world, though. Because a pimp's love is very different from that of a square, Ryan. Did you know that? I, I, I have experienced it firsthand, I think. <laughs> and, and yeah, dude, it, it, this, this is, like you said, where the movie really starts getting going. Cause it's all breakdown up to this point, right? Like you're kind of getting like the buildup of to like the modern time. How did we get to this point of the movie? Right. 
So we see he's drinking with the, he's got little slides and he's like, would you just get through it? The other military advisors on the panel are like, just get to the point. And he's clicking through all these slides where he's drinking with the pimp. He's on the streets. He's throwing down gang signs and he moves on. They approve it. And it gets to our first character, which is Joe. And Joe is in the most average job in the military. He works in like the records room. He sits down there, doesn't want to go anywhere. And his higher up tells him he needs to move on. He's like, I've got five more years to retirement. Can't you just swing something so I can sit here? I don't have to listen to anyone. I can't mess up. I can't make mistakes. It's perfect for me. He says, don't you realize when the general tells you to stand up, get out of the way or follow you're supposed to do something. Yeah, I get out of the way because I don't want to be in anyone's way. Because that's a test, man. You fail every time. <laughs> Dude, yeah. It, there's there's like like literally no limit to how accurate the damn movie is, honestly, man. It's and how many people do you know that do the bare minimum just to coast by? They don't want to apply themselves or push themselves to do better or be better. That that's the, the the awesomeness of this film is it hits the average worker who wants to coast by. Not that's a bad thing, but it doesn't show any kind of progression in people wanting to better themselves. It's just go with the status quo. I think that's what Bob was kind of mentioning before. You've got the, the average majority who are just happy to go along to get along. What's well, the system we live in? You know what I mean? Yeah. In school, you know, I had no like. What's the reason to really try? to get an A in school. You know what I mean? Like when you're, when you're in school, what's the reason to get it? Obviously, if you can kind of like, you know, uh, forecast your future a little bit or, or, you know, jump yourself to the future, you can see, yeah, you know, maybe I can get a scholarship and blah, 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 but it's so much easier to like, just sit there in the moment and enjoy the, the, the socializing and all these things. And so many people try really hard and still don't get to that high level. Like there's no accurate way or I don't know what the, the proper way to say it, maybe like a quantitative or I don't know what the, the proper way to say it. But just because you try hard and you do a good job doesn't mean you get rewarded for it. Right. So there's yeah. no real reason. And a lot of people in the in the workforce, too, that's the same thing. I felt like that in my old job. What's the point of going above and beyond? I'm going to do the bare minimum here because I don't even. A, I'm not passionate about it, and B, even if I do a good job, I might not even get rewarded in my current job and in my current like spot of work. I'm enjoying it, so like that gives me reason to do it. But I'm very lucky; I feel very lucky to be in a position where I like my job. Ninety nine percent of Americans, and I, I would venture to say, people in the West as a whole, most people don't really enjoy their jobs, dude. So what's the point of trying hard? So yeah, they, dude, that, it, it's captured really well right there. And we see yeah, it in society it's, it's, today. Nobody's good yeah, at anything everywhere. anymore. Customer service is dead. You know, like everybody's just kind of. Right. It's yeah. the once burnt, twice shy analogy. People probably see far too often someone gets a promotion above them when they do stuff or. You know, so people just go, why do I bother? Why should. If you're not actually passionate about a career or a job, you just do what you need to do to go. Exactly. Yeah, put food on the table, stack money in that 401k if, you, if you're lucky enough to have a job that offers one. And then that's it. It's not going to increase like any kind of, of passion or, and that's why, you know, the workforce is so mundane. It's so lackluster here in the West, especially the U S dude. We used to be like really good at making vehicles and, and the factories and all these things. And that's disappeared, man, because there's other people that are hungrier, uh, in other places in the world, uh, mostly China, obviously, but then there's other places too. Dude, there, there's no reason for people here 
to work these shitty jobs. Like you said, Drew, it's it's who you know, not what you know, right? I can be a shitty worker and I can just be friends with our boss. And Drew is a great worker, doesn't really like the boss that much. And guess who's getting that promotion? I'm fucking getting it. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's it's a really sad thing, man. I've seen it firsthand. You see this later on the film with the president's um, brother-in-law is his like secretary of defense, and he's the most retarded guy in the future. Right. Well, of course, dude. <laughs> How many of your guys as supervisors do you ever feel like know more than you? No. When it comes to literally the none. Slim zero. <laughs> zero. The answer is mostly zero for everybody out there too. I, it's wild. The Human Hibernation Project was one of the Army's most ambitious experiments and one of its most secretive. But it was not immune from human error. Soon after Cullen's arrest and the massive scandal that followed, the base was closed. It hadn't even been a year, and the entire project was simply forgotten. Things looked bleak for Joe, but they were even worse for mankind. As Joe and Rita lay dormant, the years passed, and mankind became stupider at a frightening rate. Some had high hopes that genetic engineering would correct this trend in evolution. But sadly, the greatest minds and resources were focused on conquering hair loss and prolonging erections. <laughs> Meanwhile, the population exploded and intelligence continued to decline until humanity was incapable of solving even its most basic problems, like garbage which had been stacked for centuries with no plan whatsoever, leading to the great garbage avalanche of 2,505, which would set in motion the events that would change the world forever. So we jump forward now. It gives us a bit of a time leap forward about what's happened in cryostasis. So our, our officer who started up the program, gets arrested for trying to run a, a sex ring on the military base, and the MPs arrest him. And because it's such a big scandal, they just demolish the base and build over the top of it. So the people that are inside this this cryostasis get forgotten about. And it jumps forward into the future, seeing the problems that are hitting humanity. Because people are so dumbed down, we can't even solve the most simplest of problems, which is how do we get rid of our waste? And it ends up being this future where all the piles of garbage are in these giant massive mountain types situations until one day there was an avalanche and it's this truck that backs up puts all the rubbish down and a beer can lands on top and this avalanche comes through and it knocks out the cryostasis pods from it the funny part is the majority of things that are on that pile are recyclable so clearly recycling just took a nosedive and no one bothered doing it anymore (laughs) well that's the thing dude I, i that's i think actually something that might go kind of missed like a lot of people might not see that recycling and trash is the same thing here like i don't know if it's the same over there in the u.s but they take the stuff like you get your two bins most places you got to pay extra for your recycling bin you're supposed to put your cardboard your clean plastic all that stuff in the recycling bin 
it's all going to the same place. You're just feeling a little bit better about yourself. And then like companies like waste management, which is the big one here in the U S I'm sure you know that drew, but you know, waste management just, I'm sure gets all kinds of tax credits for saying like, Oh no, we're making people recycle, but everyone knows damn well, that stuff is all going to the landfill, right? If there's a tiny bit of yogurt on your lid and you throw in the recycle bin, that's I can't use it. Yeah, it's trash. So you got to rinse it out, which isn't that wasting water? I mean, this is full idiocracy right here. Like it's all BS, dude. Wild. And so, yeah, that's (laughs) something that might, that might go missed by a lot of people. I actually missed it until you mentioned that right there. A lot of recyclables end up in the trash and that's going to, you know, obviously add to the, to the heaps in the landfills. Our, our local councils are a bit more suave about it. They get kickbacks and like carbon credits from the government for recycling X amount of tonnage. But the money that they got from the government, they used a third of that to send it to China and they paid the Chinese to take the recycling from us and it just mm. ended up in the oceans. So that was a big mm. scandal over here. You're absolutely right. Not wow. a lot has changed between now and the pres- the possible future of idiocracy where it all just ends up in the waste pile anyway. Yeah. I mean, how, how uh, you know, not to jump the gun here, maybe this is something that you were going to ask later, but like, I mean, I think we're there, dude. I think we're fully there already. Maybe Maybe there's a couple things that we're missing out on as far as the movie goes, but we're there, dude. We had a wrestler for a president. You know what I mean? Like Donald Trump was, you know, literally in the WWE. Bad. But you can, you can go back to the eighties when you had an actor as a president, you had a cowboy president at one point, right? So it's, it's been in the works a long time. So our pod over- about Ronald Reagan, a lot of people get upset with you about that. Uh, I know, right? Not Ronald. <laughs> so we end up with the pod opening up in a pod of a house. It's this strange little house where everything's provided. There's a chair with a toilet in it, tubes for water, drink, tubs of just like gruel that he's sticking in his mouth. And Joe starts to awaken from it, not knowing where he is. And the responses he gets back from Dax Shepard, who plays our idiot character in this Pendejo, he's like, shut up, shut up, I'll fag your face. Oh, he's grunting at him. It's the lowest denominator of conversation while he's watching shows like Al My Balls, which is just an hour-long episode of a guy getting hit in the nuts multiple ways, which kind of reminds me of what Jackass was. That When I was watching this again, it just reminded me of the shit we watched as teenagers because of Jackass. Yeah, but for some reason, we felt like that was a cultural movement, right? We felt like it's like, wow, these guys are rebels doing right. this. M.R. Jira beating the shit out of his poor his dad. I mean, yes, Farger is a piece of shit. He ate himself, you know, in, into this position. But man, isn't it sad? Like my dad used to hate me watching that stuff, you know, and I'm sitting there laughing as a delinquent little middle schooler. And it's literally a dad trying to take a shit on a toilet and bam, just punching him in the stomach and the head while he's trying to take a shit like that. There's no culture there, but we thought it was hilarious. I always thought that was really. (laughs) I always thought that shit was really sad. Like, like, hey, God, dude, like, you're just gonna let your kid do that? Like, do you know that you're gonna be a millionaire because of it? Like, right? Like, what is what is that? Are you afraid of reprimanding your child? Like, fuck, man. Have you guys seen? You mentioned Family Guy earlier. Have you seen the clip of Stewie doing that to Peter? Hey, I'm Stewie Griffin, and I'm going to be kicking my dad's ass all day today. Ah, 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 what the hell? Ah, do it. No, no, stop. Ah, ah, knock it out. Knock it out. Ah, ah. Come on. Come on, Stewie. You're acting crazy out there, man. 
Yeah, it's it's a shot for shot remake of Bam with <laughs> Bill on the toilet just slapping him. Yeah, and Peter's like, "Oh, Stewie, what are you doing? Come on, <laughs> man. Like it's so it's you're out of control." <laughs> yeah, man, it, and it is. It's tragic, and it's tragic that a lot of kids were inspired by that, and it created a really really shitty generation, man. Like my high school uh, graduated two thousand nine. My class was like very, very high in like heroin overdoses and just heroin usage, like people going to rehab for heroin. It was a, I mean, like that, that caused a lot of trauma. It's, it's white kids with zero struggle where their parents want to be a part of their life and they want to create a problem. So like, well, I'm going to beat the shit out of my dad. I'm going to be an asshole. I'm going to, I'm going to call my dad a fag, even though he's sitting there and he's trying to provide for me. These kids are creating problems because they're seeing those things on the TV, man. And and we saw it as culture, but it's just idiocracy straight up. Like, that's what it is. It is. And this is where we see our character trying to understand the world that he's he's awoken into. He gets thrown out the window by Pendejo and he's wandering the streets trying to find out, find out what's going on. He's trying to communicate with people. And because of the way he sounds with his high intelligence, his, his intellect in comparison to everyone else, he comes across as faggy. <laughs> they say he sounds like a fag and they don't understand him at all, even though he can understand them. Now, this is where I actually think it is true. Not that academics and book learning is is the smartest thing or the be all and end all, but I find myself, if I'm talking to someone that would be deemed low socioeconomic or someone who doesn't have a certain level of education, you have to change your vocabulary for them to understand what you're saying. Sure. That's just in my own circumstances. Sure. What were you gonna say, Bob? It's it's called uh it's called mansplaining, I think. Mansplaining. Like, <laughs> well, it's only when I talk to women, so yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean that that's a, a legit thing though. You know, you have to you you do have to change your your vocabulary. And not even if you're talking down to someone, if you're if you're if you know that you're more intelligent than someone, it could be you're trying to prove a point or you're trying to get somebody that is more intelligent than you speaking from a, a scholastic, you know, perspective or whatever, you're trying to get somebody to see things your way. You have to try to word things. It's like a mental game. Always. When you're, when you're talking with someone, if you're debating, Bob, you know, this, you've debated a couple people. You're very, very pro NASA, very pro globe and you try to convince flat so, earthers you know flat earth is no good so, so this obvious. is i know it's, ships it's sail over the horizon like Jesus, i know and have I, you ever seen a sunset <laughs> and i agree with you i agree with you wholeheartedly but it's just you know it's one of those things where it's like you have to if, if you're going to be successful in trying to change someone's mind right you have to kind of agree with them on something. You have to you have to talk about this I don't shit. Know. The, ne- the left never did, man. And look look how far they've gotten things. But man, it, it's shame a, is a that's... great way to 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 ad hominem behavior. attacks are different though. Ad hominem attacks are very different, dude. Again, this is you know outside of this this whole movie uh, conversation, dude. I I started something uh, on on Instagram. Uh, somebody posted a video from the eighties of somebody talking about drunk driving. Oh, dude, and all the uh, American yeah. uh, and and there's a, a talking about idiocracy. I want to drink my beers. They were doing it too. Well, still, I shouldn't man. have to wear a seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> what? Should well, I shouldn't. should you get arrested if you don't want to wear a seatbelt? No. Well, should you get arrested if you don't want to wear a seatbelt? Should you get arrested if you're drinking and driving safely? Nope. 
that's the thing. And so I, I was making, I was bringing this point, uh, you know, up in this little, you know, Instagram post. And dude, people are fucking literally saying, I hope that you fucking get hit by a drunk driver. You know what I mean? And oh, like, that's, yeah. it doesn't bother me. I actually invited some of these people on my show and they're like, no, man, I'm smarter than your, your audience. And I'm like, you're smarter than 15,000 fucking people. You're smarter than every single one of these people. It's like, come on, like, chill out. You're not smarter than all these people. You're not smarter than half of them. It, it's wild how people will go straight to attacks death threats over their opinion. And I, oh, I've yeah. never threatened anyone over my fucking opinion, man. Oh, it's I've wild. Had, I've had people threaten my children. Oh, well, I, I know. I was there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, yeah, dude, it's wild. It, it's very interesting uh, that, that people go to that. And it is. Um, well, it's from a place of ignorance. It, it It is, you know, it does tie into this movie to make it relevant. I mean, it is, 100%. it is this hubristic, you know, arrogance that everybody has where it's like, your shit's all retarded and you talk like a fag. Like, yeah. like it's that level of shit that I, that I hear most of the time, you know? And, mm. and it's just like, God damn, man. Like these, these people are just... It's it's like they're not even thinking when they when they open their mouth like they just have to react. It's an emotional thing, and I think that that yeah. comes from like an idiotic place to to get back to this point. Oh, yeah. And because Joe's having to deal with these people's outbursts and their attacks <laughs> verbally, and they're threatened to bash him because he talks like a fag, right? The first thing he does to try and understand the world is go to the movies, which I think is probably the smartest thing we see this guy doing the entire film. He goes to the cinemas and he's trying to get a a, a pulse on what the culture's like. And the movie that wins the movie of the year, that's like three solid hours of, uh, it's three solid hours of a movie called Ass. <laughs> and it's just a, a butt on a screen fighting and people giggling and laughing. But the thing I found the funniest as a non-American is it's all the way in the future and you never learn how to spell ass correctly. It's A-S-S, you've got on that, but it, um, it's not that, it's A-R-S-E. Oh, it's come ours. on. Get the fuck it's out ass. of here. It's not, it's not ass. It's ass. Roll it up. <laughs> Get it roll up. No, man. No, yeah, but see, no, ours no, comes from uh, jackass. It's a shortened right. version of jackass. Well, we can agree to disagree on this one. I just I, I think you're wrong. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, is, I, do you spell hey, color with you? I you yes, with you. Yeah. yeah. I think the yeah. English Australian type accent is the coolest of accents. I think that's just automatically gives like this, this like, um, arrogance, I guess, is what it kind of has on it. <laughs> but you said you're lack of a better term. You don't, don't like women, no, Australian women? No. Dude, I think that's the sexiest accent. It's up there with like, Latinas. Russian for sure, if there was going to be one. That's my third. <laughs> so, jeez. <laughs> And, and dude, to that point of the ass movie, what is in culture today when you see like at the BET Awards? I don't know if you guys have heard of this chick, Ice Spice. No. You guys heard of Ice Spice? Awful. I, don't look her up because I, I see her on Instagram all the time. But what she does is she just shakes her ass when she's singing. She has zero stage presence. She's got zero anything. But all these new artists out there, especially females, they're just out there and they're just shaking their ass and they're singing very flat. A lot of times it's just like lip synced, but they're shaking their ass. Right. So it's exactly what that, you know, do you remember, remember what the movie was called? The, the, uh, ass movie drew. It was just us. 
ISS. Ass. Ass. Okay, ass. not arse, but ass. Okay. Not ass. Ass. It was that's the wrong. thing, dude. That's the thing, man. Like that's literally what it is. It, it, it's our culture is focused on ass right now. Kim Kardashian, most famous person in the fucking world, got famous off of her ass, her big ass, right? Like that's all that it is. So, dude, I mean, like I said, this this thing is turning more and more into a documentary as you break it down. To be honest. Even all the companies that he walks past, like Starbucks and um, like life insurance companies, things that had a set purpose, it all divulged into being prostitution, strip clubs, sure. whorehouses. And we see that 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 emphasis of sex sales. It's gone to the extreme in this future. We start to see that our character is starting to feel unwell, so he goes to a doctor's, and he's lined up there. There's people everywhere. And he walks in, and he starts telling this nurse what's wrong with him. And she's looking at him like a stunned mullet. No one's behind the wheel. She's like very vacant. And she's looking at all these responses. And he's saying like, I woke up and I got my body sore. And she goes to a picture of a body that has like ache marks around it. And then my head hurts and there's a knife in the head and a gunshot. It's all these types of things you'd see on a, an early childhood kid's toy. It's basic symbols. And she presses the one that he says is a headache. And then an automated response comes up and tells him where to go. So the, the the technology of the world's even been put in place that it needs bare minimum interaction. We're starting to see that with how advanced our technology is at the moment. Those conveniences are going to kill us in the end. Fuck. That's absolutely true too, obviously, right? I mean, how many uh, you know, convenient technologies are just completely ruining our lives? We're sacrificing freedom for convenience. And that's, I mean, that's, that's not even, I, I don't think in my opinion, you know, debatable. I don't know where you stand on that, Bob. Oh yeah, dude, we've sacrificed everything for convenience. It's, it, it's awful. Like there's nothing you can do that isn't poisoning you. There's nothing. And it's all like, where were we driving? Um, There's a, there's a little County not far from here that used to be really rural amazing it was in the middle of the woods it's where the renaissance festival was and there was nothing nothing out there and now there's a ton of neighborhoods Mm. there's a fucking gas station every like two miles and it's what why do you need gas stations like every two miles and it's legitimately like every two miles like maybe four Mm. but i doubt it and it's it's like why and then you'll see a sign in a vacant lot and it's like coming soon, new Chevron. And it's like, but I just passed three gas stations. Like, it's what sad, are we, man. what are we doing here? And this was the what? middle of the woods, man. This was forest. <laughs> like my One whole childhood. Well, that is the place that you need gas stations more often than the city. I will say that. But one movie that you guys brought up, I think it might've been your first one was uh they live. Right. And yep. it's, tragic that that could be reality just the possibility that that could be reality that there's all this like sub programming or like this this shit that is touching your subconscious where you know instead of looking at this sign that says you know uh, chevron right but it says like consume you know what i mean and, and you know uh pizza hut consume all these different things the money this is your god right uh, you know, it, it's all it's all very sad that that could be a reality that somebody or something created this whole system that we're all a part of. We're a part of it doing this right. We're not doing this just because, you know, obviously it's a fun thing, but we're all doing it to to get 
information out there and hopefully, you know, gain some kind of income. I would assume most people do that. Um, you know, we're all part of it by, by, you know, engaging in this system. It's sad, dude. It's very, very sad that it's even a possibility that it's real. Uh, yeah, I think it's more real than, than not. Sure. You know, like I, once upon a time, it was all kind of satire and was like, oh, that's never going to happen. This is ridiculous. But now it's, it's staring us right in the face and it's just like, oh shit, man. Like, yeah, man. Like it's Tragic right here and it, and it looks guided. And that's the one thing that idiocracy just kind of skips over is that that deterioration was is intentional like it's it's sure. designed that way and they kind of make it just seem like it's because stupid people breed a lot and well yeah, it doesn't go deep enough into that problem but you know it's a guided downfall it's intentional mm. that's the beauty of breaking down these movies it's not any one thing or any hidden symbolism in one film it's multifaceted if you could pick like maybe four or five films that have a venn diagram it's something in the middle that all of them have in common. That's probably the key point. That's what's going on in our society. Right. Mm. Yeah. Overlap. Right. So overlap Truman show, idiocracy 23, um, you know, they Demolition live. man. Wally. 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 That's my dog's yeah. nickname. And, and uh, Drew, you like this. His name is Ozzy. His real name is Ozzy. <laughs> O-Z-Z-Y, but I call him Wally all the time. Dude, you know, I don't know if you guys watched that that movie that I recommended. The uh, This is a shorter film, but it's, um, you know, the the uh, Confessions of a Time Traveler. It's on, uh, you know. I TV. haven't yet. Yeah, dude. I, I'd love to talk with you guys about that because, you know, the way that they break that down, it is very interesting. And, it, it, you know, you mentioned Demolition Man, too. You know, the, the idea of, like, the, the no contact. I'm surprised that there was no contact, you know, referenced in idiocracy you know because they i mean like they they hit on a lot of things the stupidity of of people how did they not touch on like handshakes are going to be bad you know what i mean like that's the that's the biggest way that i can tell what kind of a man you are if i shake your hand right and you give me a good handshake maybe that's old-fashioned of me or whatever but i can absolutely tell what kind of man you are if you give me a good handshake no, yeah, every once in a while you get that awkward handshake where you, you didn't squeeze properly and you fucked up and, you know, you gave one of the, the wet fish <laughs> handshakes. And, and then you, if you're a fucking man, you say, oh, dude, I got to redo that. I've done that many times myself. I've given a fucked up handshake and I'm like, oh, dude, we got to redo that. That That's a, a sad thing when you just do the fucking fist bump, man. There is that's such an ingenuine like or disingenuous if that's the proper term. It's such a sad way, and it's just a matter of like taking something where maybe we start off with hugs, and then we're doing handshakes, and then we're gonna do fist bumps, and then we're gonna go like elbows, and then we're gonna do like hey, uh, you know, like some shit like that. It, it's stupid, man. This, you know, <laughs> the aliens. What are, what are we talking about here? So yeah, man, uh, it's all about just breaking us all apart. I think less contact. Yeah. I think this one, though, it pushes the whole idea of less educated being like the knuckle drag as the physical, dangerous, overbreeding type. This one does it in that way. It doesn't try to take away the the connectedness, but it does do something really interesting and kind of pre-predicted CBDCs where a character goes to the doctor, he puts the tubes in his mouth and his ear and his ass and they're in the wrong spots and he has to flip them around, which is gross. But he goes to see his doctor and it's Justin Long and the doctor's like, 
don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, your chart says you're fucked up and you talk like a fag and your shit's all retarded. And the doctor wants him to pay and he's like, can you, where's your tattoo? Why come you don't got a tattoo? And he sees he doesn't have a tattoo on his wrist. And in this future, there's mm. no money. Everyone pays for things by a physical mark on their wrist, which is like a barcode. So it's it's telling, very telling of what they're trying to bring in now across a lot of countries. Yeah. There's so Trading many movies like, like that too. And Demolition Man, they don't have money either. What is that? The idea of, because like we keep hearing this, but it hasn't really come to fruition yet. Uh, I'm not saying it won't, but. Yeah, the idea, I mean, it, it seems like a lot of these science fiction, especially these dystopian movies, like, like it or not, Idiocalypse or, you know, sorry, Idiocracy is a total dystopian movie, right? Of course. So, you know, all, all these other ones are, are similar. They all have that kind of recurring theme where it's like, there's no money. You got to use the mark. Obviously, it's following the Bible. But why, if, you know, for people out there that think that, like, Christianity is bullshit and the Bible's bullshit, why would all of these different cultural things follow that ideal if uh, if it was all stupid, if it was all fake? Seems it's like they, they believe in it. It's control. It's just control. Like, I believe it was all given to, you know, the uh, um, the Paul Harvey thing, if I was the devil. If mm-hmm. I was the devil, I'd create a book and create a religion around that book. And in that book, it would say that I was God. Um, like I would convince everybody else that I was the good guy. Um, you know, so anything that we're told, if if you can't think of the inversion, I think you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, so I'm not sure I completely agree with, with why that is because it's all just been preordained, right? Like if I sure if I tell, it could if, be if I tell you that I'm gonna eat a sandwich in a year, and I eat a sandwich in a year, I didn't predict the future. I scheduled it. Sure, sure, but yeah, I, I think that uh, yeah, man, I think it's a little little deeper than that because they also bash it at the same time. They're saying no, the the sandwich isn't gonna be eaten, but then it is eaten. You know what I mean? To use that analogy, so it's not gonna be a sandwich. It's going to be a, a sub, and it's gonna be six inches Italian meatballs and cheese it's not going to be a sandwich at all right he's going to eat an arse not an ass (laughs) that's what he's going to do eat an ass throwing it back (laughs) oh god so our character's now on the run because he doesn't have a tattoo that's breaking a law in this future because he's not on the system he's not trackable he can't pay for anything he's getting chased by the police he gets caught and the first thing the cops do is he's he's sitting in the back seat and he's trying to talk to them and trying to appeal to their their moral framework and try and get them to understand. The first thing he turns around and does is go, what? Spray. What? Spray. <laughs> Just maces him multiple times through the window. <laughs> and the first thing that he does is he's 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 being pepper sprayed. He's getting taken by the police. Instead of going straight to jail, they put him through a an IQ test. Which for me was seemed really freaky because that IQ test looks scarily reminiscent of what military IQ tests around the world look like. Really? You take out like the shape one, you take out the shape one, it's a lot of people in a room on a computer doing um like 
problem solving skills of how shapes and the next turn in the sequence is going to be. It looked a lot like military intelligence testing. That's like a, kind of almost like a standard IQ test, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which I score very high on, by the way. You know, a lot of people tell me I'm low IQ. I score very high on those. Maybe I'm a lot of, I think a lot of us in our community do. Okay. Well, then we're high IQ. I mean, I don't know what people fucking hate on us for, but yeah, dude. I mean, like, I, so, so this dude, you're saying, like, like you said, he gets taken from a traffic stop and then they throw him into like a a standard type, like military IQ test situation. Yeah. Essentially. And he, he blitzes it and, then he goes to get his tattoo where the computer's so automated, it goes off verbatim what he says. There's no way around of going back and change options. Um, the, is this your name? And it says, uh, is your name? Uh, <laughs> it says, is your name Joe Bowers? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what you're saying. Not is selected. What is your surname? I, I, my name is not sure. Not, not sure. I mean, I mean, and then it says not sure. Tattoos his, ha- his hand as his name is not sure because even the computers are so automated. They are dumb in themselves. And we say that now, if you ever tried to reset a password, the amount of hoops you have to jump through that just seem ignoramously stupid. They're everywhere. Yeah. My favorite is, uh, you know, which, uh, which, which picture, you know, it's got the nine has grip- the bicycle. <laughs> Well, my favorite Wait, is the stairs, which has the traffic light, because am I counting the pole or am I just counting the traffic light? I always fuck that one up. Uh, the traffic lights are the worst. Uh, but yeah, the bicycle, uh, which one has a horse in it? All these things. And we're like, are we talking about the horse's face or the whole body? What are we doing here? So, yeah, it gets very confusing. And yeah, dude, <laughs> the passwords, too, where it's like all kinds of weird letters. You know, it's like, what are we doing? This is like a. Uh, Autistic kids nightmare. It's really, really rough to go through, but all, all the same, man. They, we're, we're fully there. I think fully Absolutely. there. We just need the mark. That's all that we need. Just the mark. Yeah. It's well, so he's got his mark. He's got his mark now. He goes to the prison and he's lined up and he's seeing all the things that are going on in there. And the worst thing he sees is this huge, morbidly obese white redneck guy sitting on someone's head. And the guy points at him. He's like, you're next fella. He's like, me? He's like, yeah, you, you're next. And all the other guys are eyeing him off. So he had to really, on his feet, think of a plan how to get out of prison. And his go-to plan is to jump out of line that's going into prison and go up to a guard and says, excuse me, sir, um, I'm supposed to be getting out of prison today. He's like, oh, you're in the wrong line, idiot. You're over there. Let this idiot out. They let him out. Uh, I can't find you on the computer. So, um, yeah, you're like going to have to go back to prison now. Oh, no, I was definitely in prison. A guy sat on my head and everything. Maybe you should check those files in the back. He turns around and he legs it. He runs away. And then we see the automated machine guns opening fire because there's a prison break. And one turns around and shoots the other machine gun. So even the technology continues to be stupid. So with that being said, do you think that AI is ever going to be able to take over like humans' jobs from a, from a full perspective? Only within the realm they're programmed to. And that's the problem. There's a bit of a a theory going around at the moment that AI cannot understand autistic people because they can't determine what their next step or the next thought is going to be. They can't map out their their interactions with the, the AI. So if we see increased rise in autism, maybe AI will never take over because it will never be able to understand humanity. What? 
That could be also why uh, schools play such a good, like, like a huge part, right? Trying to get everyone to think the same way, right? If there's some computer that's yeah. trying to tap into the way that people think from a mass scale, like think of it like a hive mind type situation. If everybody agrees on facts, that is a, is a very harmful thing. I think there should always be like, you know, healthy disagreement, uh, respectful disagreement. People need to know how to fight. People know how to, uh, how to know how to disagree with each other. No ad hominems, no violence, right? I mean, you know, you can have a conversation with people and I love violence. I think, you know, I love, I love fights. I love, I think that there is a place for violence. I think that, you know, I'm not one of these fucking pacifist type people, but people need to be able to have conversations where they can disagree in a healthy way um, with zero threat. You know what I mean? And, and, and not feel like they're, uh, you know, being spied on after they disagree with somebody online. (laughs) That's a weird thing. It's a weird time that we're living in, man. And we're seeing this stuff when it, you know, if you have to feel like you have to agree with everybody, man, we're getting to this point where everybody is going to feel pressure to agree. And then I think that if, if what you're saying is true, Drew, dude, like that, that's very, I think, dangerous when it comes to like the AI technology and stuff like that. If it's predicting people's, you know, thoughts and the way that people will, you know, make their next move. That's very dangerous. Oh, I think we're going the next we're level. Headed, of we're headed comic. to straight minority report shit. Like, hey, that's a movie you got to do. Yeah, it's on the list. That's a movie. <laughs> it's for sure on the list. <laughs> yeah, that's a wild idea. Precognitive crime, and, and and what is crime at a certain point? You know what I mean? What is considered mm-hmm. a crime? Yeah, that movie's intense, dude. Yeah, Tom Cruise, so fu- shout out. So a, a time traveler from the future is most likely going to be some autistic Rain Man, John Connor combination that comes back in time to save humanity. But the simplest things like a texture of certain clothes or dropping a sack of marbles in front of them is going to make them go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't drop a sack of marbles in front of me. I'll tell you exactly how many are in there. <laughs> Problem. 62. There's 62 marbles. Start rocking back and forth. Hitting my head. Yeah, man. Scary, dude. So now because so now because Joe has he's taken this IQ test, he's on the system and he's come up and he's been flagged by the government as the smartest person in history. So he gets caught again. He goes through this bit of a a journey with both his lawyer and which is Dak Shepard who plays um the dumb idiot person and the friend who kind of like the joke of the show and yeah. Rita, they meet up again, but he gets caught by the government to try and solve the government's problems because he's so smart. And the problem of the age being that the crops are all dying. There's a dust bowl. It's very reminiscent of um, the depression. Everyone seems to be able to have a job in this situation though, but the food's not growing and it's not growing for a reason because they're putting Brondo on everything. Brondo. It's what plants crave. Yeah, this is the really It's even in the water thing. fountains. Like when yeah, they go to it's like literally the only thing anybody drinks is Veranda. Even the cows are drinking it. The only place where it exists is in toilets, and that's the joke of the movie. I just want to drink a water, like from the toilet. And everyone laughs at him. But there's a really interesting point where Rondo is making the soil acidic and salty so crops don't grow in it and the irony is that modern crop cultivation it actually draws all the nutrients out of the soil so we might be growing bigger larger vegetables 
but it has less nutrients and minerals than vegetables of 20, 30 years ago because it's all been drawn out of the soil. You throw in top of that, there's a brand new way that the World Economic Forum wants us to capture carbon. They use a chemical process in the soil where they lace it with a compound that absorbs carbon, and when it does so, it turns that element into salt. So they're salting the earth without even realize the implications of what it's going to do to our food production. Which it would make it explode, right? Sorry? Salting the, the earth would make food production explode, wouldn't it? Later? No, s- s- uh, salt would actually make crops inable- in an ability to grow because the earth is salted. Anytime you salt the earth, things won't grow. In the past, they used yeah. to do that to stop weed growth. If you salt the soil, vegetables will not grow in it. Interesting. Oh, yeah, it makes me think of the saying, the salt of the earth. What do you think that means? Well, yeah, it's supposed to be a good thing. That's why that's actually what I was thinking of. But yeah, it's supposed to be a good thing. But yeah, if you're yeah. the salt of the earth, it just means you're a dumb dipshit working your shitty job. It sounds like. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I mean, salt mines, salt mines are barren of life. Nothing can grow there. You go hmm. salt mines. There's salt mines that are like hundreds of years old that are just like. Baron. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I would think that'd be the opposite. That's wild. Good to know. It actually gives the breakdown of this film a little bit of back history. The narrator tells us what's happened. How did Brondo get to a point where they were putting their Gatorade-style drink on everything everywhere? Rondo actually took over the FDA, the FCC, and it's kind of the stand-in of what a Monsanto or a big farmer corporation is in this film they're so big and powerful they buy out all the regulatory bodies and put themselves everywhere that it can possibly be and the biggest threat to the profit margins of brondo was water so they bought out all of the systems that they could possibly use to put it everywhere Mm. damn dude the the parallels between i'm I'm glad we're going to do um demolition man next because you were right drew when you when you said that one there are insane parallels like the oligarchy that takes over you know which we'll get into in the demolition man episode but man it's it's crazy that we're we're there we're there the corporations own everything they own everything there's this dude i started following on instagram and he breaks down like store aisles and who actually owns the the product on the shelves at the store. And like half of it's freaking like BlackRock Vanguard. The other, you know, 30% is like JP Morgan. <laughs> fucking, it's all these huge corporations that are probably all actually under one umbrella. You know, they're yeah. still probably Vanguard on everything. Yeah. Um, but like it's it's all corporate corporatocracy of shit. Brondo owns everything. Everything. Oh, go ahead, Drew. I was gonna say and to that and what you were saying to pity piggyback off it, there's like three corporations we see in this movie Costco, Starbucks, and Brondo. That's all you really see throughout the entire film. It's three choices, air quotes, but most likely they are like in the real world owned by one corporation, like a black rocker or a Vanguard. Mm. Yeah, man. Really, really weird. I know that you guys have seen the, uh, the, the, like, uh, you know, food umbrella where it's like seven companies on everything. Yep. Those seven companies are, I mean, that's being generous. Those things are owned by probably one or two things, right? I mean, you, oh, you know, it's all one corporate 
organism. Well, and, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the idea of living in the uh, copper or the bronze age, depending on the way that you see it. Um, this is something that, you know, we, back when Brandon was part of the show, we, this is one of the earliest episodes when we were talking about Trump, uh, and like what he might represent in this whole weird thing. You know, when you're in a golden age, the church rules everything. It's the, the law of the land is ran and governed by the church. Uh, then you digress into the, or, or, you know, kind of like devolve, if you want to call it that, into the silver age, which is the military age. And then after that, you continue to devolve into a copper or bronze age, which is owned by the merchant, by the the, the corporations. That's where we're at right now. And then after this, we're going to the dark age, unless we go back to a military age when, you know, it would be like a World War Two scenario where it's like all like the, the world is, you know, everyone thinks that that, you know, it's a possibility that you're just going to get nuked in your fucking you know home. Um, I would say that that's actually a lot better. Than where we're at right now it sounds scarier but at least it's a it's a quick death you know this is a slow burn man like what what we're going through right now and it's it's scary the dark ages obviously there's no hope there but you know we're we're on our way there man when, when we're into that slave age where the slave is essentially what governs the world you know so i don't know it sounds like it might be like oh we're taking the power back but it's just a very like it's like you don't know anybody that owns any company or has any job everyone's just a slave and i think that's where we're heading yep yeah agreed very wally world you know idiocracy type shit where everybody's just pumping their face full of whatever poison is put out there and they do whatever is you know, called upon them, you know, very yeah. communistic style earning probably where you don't really have a job. You just like get like a message like, Hey, you're going to need to be here tomorrow at this time. And that's your job for the day. And, or, or you get universal basic income right? or that like universal yeah. basic income. That's what you can have any. It's like, here's fucking 50 bucks. Make it last. <laughs> yep. Well, and, and if allowance. everything's provided to you, you know, then you don't really need much money anyway. Sure. So. Sure. Wild. All right. Back to the movie. Uh, I don't know if I've been talking too much about the progressions film. So jump in when you've got something to say, if there's things you've noticed by all means. So he's now working with the president. He's being appointed a role of like <laughs> department head smart. of something or other. I thought you were smart. Head like mm-hmm. a peanut. and he's promised the world the president's now promised the world that he's going to solve all the problems within a week he's got seven days to try and solve the problem and his first one is just put water on the crops if you put water on them they're going to grow and they're (laughs) like toilet water (laughs) obviously it's just water and it gets to a point where because they've turned all the water back on the automated system for Brondo, it sees a drop in their profits. And to counter the drop in the profits, it lays off half of the workforce. And everyone in the future works for Brondo because they are the corporation. So it causes an economic crash where the people start revolting and going against the presidency. So they put Joe, our average person, in a form of rehabilitation, a night of rehab where in the future rehabilitation is like a gladiator pit with giant monster trucks, very American-esque, and people have to try and survive a night of rehab. 
Sounds fucking badass. I don't know why, why Doesn't an American it? like Dude, it's I would bad. watch that shit. <laughs> it uh, just uh, reminds uh, me of Gladiators, <laughs> 1990s Gladiators. Oh, that show was amazing. That show was Have you so ever seen good. BattleBots? That's what it yes. also reminds me of. BattleBots. Yeah, it does. Nothing wrong with American TV and entertainment. <laughs> so we've got this, I'll say again, very American-esque entertainment system for your court-appointed rehab where he gets... The, the government figures out a way to stop him from escaping again because he's so smart, so they chain him to a rock. The lowest common possible way to keep someone in one place, they chain him to a rock. They put him inside this little tiny car, this tiny buzz box, as a dildo on the end for some reason, and they're trying to close the door, but the chain's there, and he keeps saying to them, the chain's still on my ankle. I'm still chained to the rock. The door won't close. Oh, I've got an idea. They dump it on the back of the car with a forklift, and then they make fun of him because he's an idiot. He goes out and you see these two monster trucks and they're getting ready because this guy called Beef Supreme is coming back and he's a court-appointed um, <laughs> a person that tries to help people get through their through their court-appointed um, issues. And all they are is they're people, they're the gladiators, they fight and kill people. And he's coming out of this this little tunnel with this giant monster truck and he tries to get through multiple times. It's too big for it. It collapses on top of him and supposedly kills the person that's in it. So they, they built this truck so big, it can't even get through the archway. Are you saying Beef Supreme, he's like a bailiff almost? Yeah, he's like he's like a bailiff, a court-appointed court um, probation officer. That's what they're intended to be. Interesting. But you have to survive... The right? <laughs> so he's driving around in this monster truck the monster trucks are his little car the monster trucks are trying to run him over and he figures out a way that he could jump out of the car and avoid them so he, he kicks the rock off jumps out of the car at the last minute and the two monster trucks hit each other and explode there you go meaning that he's meaning he's won he's won his court, court appointed um trial and he's he's starting to speak to people and trying to get to their get to their heart and get them to empathize. And they all start laughing at him because he's a fag. And this is when we see Beef Supreme climb out of the rubble. He's got his rocket launcher and his flamethrower. And this actor's actually played by Andrew Wilson, which is Luke and Owen Wilson's younger brother. So this character comes into it. He starts shooting at him. He dislodges the chain from the rock because he blows it up so many times. And as he's appealing to the people one last time, like, where's the common decency, the blah, 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 all the niceties of the world. Beef Supreme turns to the crowd and goes... And everyone laughs. He does the gay limp wrist. Everyone <laughs> loses it, laughs at this guy to the point where he's fighting for his life again. And But our reader character, the love interest, she notices the plants are starting to grow again. And a big thing happens where the cameraman gets a hold of the camera with um, Pendejo and they film all of the crops again to shoot, prove that he's, he's won. And the president gives him a pardon and the day he saves the world. Mm. The crops are back. Everything's solved. All is fine in the world. He starts to have children with Rita, which are the smartest kids on the planet. And so, after serving a short term as vice president, Joe was elected the president of America. Frito became vice president, and Rita, the former prostitute, became first lady. Today I step into the shoes of a great man. A man by the name of Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. Under President Not Sure's leadership, a new era dawned. You know, there was a time in this country when smart people were considered cool. Well, 
Maybe not cool, but smart people did things like build ships and pyramids, and they even went to the moon. And there was a time in this country, a long time ago, when reading wasn't just for fags, and neither was writing. People wrote books and movies, movies that had stories, so you cared whose ass it was and why it was farting, and I believe that time can come again. children, the three smartest kids in the world. Vice President Frito took eight wives and had a total of 32 kids, 32 of the dumbest kids ever to walk the earth. Okay, so maybe Joe didn't save mankind, but he got the ball rolling, and that's pretty good for an average guy. That pretty much brings our movie to a conclusion. It takes the average person of today to be the smartest man of the future. Yeah. And I don't think that that's even a problem. And, you know, I think it's interesting that the movie did so bad in the box office. It was horribly reviewed by by people when it actually came out. Uh, From what I saw, like three theaters were, you know, where they aired it the first week. Um, Made like not even a half million dollars in the United States, 50,000 international worldwide. We're talking like barely 500,000. That's horrible. And now, like, like you say, and like we say, this is like almost a documentary, dude. And it's a cult like, classic. People love this. Very, very, very much, very much a cult classic. So yeah, man, um, that's kind of what Mike judge does though. Right? Like Beavis and Butthead. It's not like brilliant shit. Uh, Office space is another example. Office space oh, is Office space is one of my dude, favorites. Great. Yes. Yeah, dude. That's such a good fucking movie. The scene where they beat that printer to death or the, the copier <laughs> is just brilliant. Um but yeah, man, like, you know, low letter. The- what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> uh yeah, we're gonna need you to come in on Friday and uh then again on Saturday. Yeah. Hey, you do a good American accent. I was actually gonna say I would like you to sign off. On my behalf, and I'll sign off on your behalf. I, I can do a pretty good Australian <laughs> accent when we're done. Oh, oh, we'll, uh, we'll have to give that a go, definitely. Bob, did you notice anything else in this film while, while you've been watching? You're the guy who's seen this more than anyone on the planet, I'm sure of it. What's your big takeaways from this film? Um, you know, what I usually tell people is that, you know, and something we may or may not have mentioned, is this future is 500 years in the future we're already there it's barely been what less than two decades just over two decades since this movie came out just over two decades (laughs) it has happened in rapid succession um and man i think we're gonna blow right past where they're at in idiocracy um as far as anything noticeable like I said, I didn't get to rewatch it, so I didn't get. After you said that you found some stuff, I didn't get to 
kind of go through with a fine tooth comb. Um, but what do you, if you tell me what you found, I probably, know, it'll probably register that I saw it. Um, just the majority of stuff we've kind of been talking to as we've been talking about it. We've had those conversations the whole way through. Ryan's been propping this one up really well. It's those ideas of, it's trying to sell to the viewer that the only way to be smart is to be academically educated and the average working schlub is an idiot, a moron. It reinforces the idea that having kids is irresponsible in the modern day and age. It's pushing a lot of those things that we see today when you've got all these machines and things that can do the jobs for you, hmm. the children traditionally. Yeah, working the mill, doing all that stuff, that old stuff, right? Yeah, man. Crazy. It's the future. What about you, Ron? What's your takeaway from this? Dude, my, my takeaway, honestly, uh, not only is like the average person today going to be the smart one in the future, and it's not only the average person today. It's the average like critical thinker, the average person that's out there you know, just kind of thinking for themselves, maybe pushing back on authority. But I think if you're going to put a gun on my head, you're going to tell me, like, what are you taking away from this movie? I'll say right now, it's like, don't follow the system. Like, the status quo is wrong. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's to me, what this movie says. If you follow society, we're not evolving. We're devolving. It's like, you know, the, the monkey turning to the man. It's a man turning into like a slumped over creature that's texting and typing and playing a video game, wearing a VR headset all at the same time. It's a it's a very like maybe we're more, you know, tapped into intelligence the way that man or, or universities would say it. But we're very, very far away from maybe spirituality, which I don't like that term, but maybe like, you know, just just being happy, being you know, ourselves being unique, um, being unique in the future will be frowned upon, I think. And I think that that might be um, the theme of that movie or the moral of the story there. Yeah, it's that, uh, you know, it's it's the, again, the, the power of the majority, you know, it's, and just because there's a majority of people going along with something doesn't make it right, you know, and just because somebody's different doesn't make them wrong. You know, right. Uh, right. yeah, they all called him retarded and then he saved everything. Um, yeah, and we exactly. see a lot of that now. We see a lot of where these people are just like, whatever you fucking retard. Trust me, I get yeah. plenty of it. Um, and I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, I can't Death, explain it's over opinions. To you because it's going to be over your head. Like, and like, it's, <laughs> I get really frustrated because I drive around a lot. And I notice how stupid the world is. And I tell my wife, like, this is why I'm frustrated a lot of times when I get home from work. It's because I'm just surrounded by idiots all the time. Like, these people are retarded. Like, they are they are super low-level, um, low-brain function NPCs, whatever the hell you want to call them. And it's, man, it's frustrating to be around them all day. It's crazy. All right, we have to finish this film off with a rating system. It's either going to be Brondos or Starbucks. Starbucks are hand jobs in this film, so I think we should go with Starbucks. Out of 10 Starbucks, Bob, what do you give this film? Oh, man, 10 all the way. I'll, I'd even uh, turn it to 11 um, because it's just that good, man. It's one of those movies that it's really, 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 really stupid, 
but it's meant to be. It's not like one of those accidentally stupid movies. Like it is meant to be utterly retarded. Um, to have that also be in your mind of how retarded the people are. Like the movie isn't done really well. The acting isn't great. Like, and it's all, it's all done on purpose. It's not necessarily bad acting. Like it's, it's intentional. It's an overall theme of stupidity, um, which I think is the takeaway. And I think it's, if nothing else, man, people should watch it as a warning. Like, PSA, public service announcement, like, beware of this future. <laughs> we are rapidly headed towards this in reality, and we have to stop. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I highly recommend it for everybody. This is a great movie. Uh, awesome. Ryan, how about you? Legged freaks or something, right? I mean, that's a horrible movie that they tried to make that good. Uh, you know, it's almost like a Sharknado. It's supposed to be stupid or Cocaine Bear. Cocaine, Cocaine Bear was Bear meant was to be stupid, so but Cocaine oh. Bear is a phenomenal movie. Oh, I so give good. this, uh, oh, Cocaine Bear is uh, absolutely, I mean, that's a movie that needs to be reviewed. Uh, somewhere. <laughs> Probably not so here because it's not very conspiratorial, but yeah, phenomenal movie. The the soundtrack alone is next level, but uh, I'll say, you know, uh, 8.5. Uh, I, I won't go as high as a 10 or 11 like Bob, but um, this is good. Um, I think that that making a joke of things like this could either be very effective or it could normalize it. Right. So that's why I give it a, a, an 8.5. I think that this is society right now. And, um, you know, making a movie like this, yes, it's very well done. I like Mike Judge, man. The new Beavis and Butthead that's that's out right now is phenomenal. I mean, they're taking new YouTube videos and doing reviews with Beavis and Butthead. You know, it's it's great stuff. Um, and I, I do like all of Mike Judge's work for the most part. But, um, yeah, I, I think that there could be, uh, like, there should have been some kind of moral almost that would have been obvious to people. Uh, for it to be like a 10, in my opinion, you're going to be hard pressed for me to, uh, actually give a, a movie a 10. So, uh, this is high for me at 8.5. Yeah. I'd give it a, a nine, I'd say, or 9.5 even. It's got, it's got me mid stroke. It's got me wanting more. I love it for the fact that it's a mockumentary. And like I mentioned earlier on, for foreigners, it seems very American esque. But the more you watch it now, it is definitely a Western world progression. It's the way we see things going. It's funny, it's lowbrow, it's one of those great movies you can just put on and veg out and forget about the worries of the world. So, yeah, 9.5 for me. I like that. I respect all your guys' review. 11's a little high for me, Bob. I like that. I get, it really is a good movie. I, I also recommend everyone should see that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I throw it to an 11 because I, I think it's just... And I, I rate movies probably... A, a lot more gracefully than most people would. But if I think everybody should see it and everybody will enjoy it and get something from it, man, it's going to be up there. And this being as hilariously retarded as it is, man, I love, I love that shit. So. And you rated the new uh, gay Buzz Lightyear movie a 12, which is interesting. So, (laughs) you know, I thought that was weird, but that's all good. It's almost like Buzz being paid by screen rent. Oh, I like money. (laughs) I actually like the new Buzz Lightyear movie, man. It was decent. Bob, you sign us out and let's see if Ryan and I can switch each other's accents and sign out for each other.
All right, man. Well, this was Conspiracy Theater 3000 with the new edition of Ryan Dean. This is going to be the show moving forward. We're excited to what it will be. Um, Andy will be popping in every now and again when he can. But for now, it is just us. I am Moral Bob. You can find me at The Hidden Pod on Instagram at Spaces Fake and Gay because it is and I can prove it. And uh, yeah, I oh, I would do a show with Chud X now called Are We Content? And that's about all I'm doing in, in this show. Obviously, I don't do my own show anymore. So that's it for me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Ryan? All right. <laughs> all right, I'm Ryan Dean. You can find me at Dangerous World Podcast. Why am I doing it so Southern? Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to me. Uh, that's all I've got. I can't do your accent. It's very... Right. right. Uh, I'm Drew from You're Missing the Point. Uh, this has been uh, another episode of, uh, you know, Conspiracy Theater 3000. Uh, you know, check it out. Very fun episode. Thank you, Ryan, for joining in. And uh, we'll catch you down under. Uh, I hope I don't get killed by a stingray. That'd be bad, right? You know, Steve Irwin. <laughs> Steve Irwin joke. Maybe, maybe Lil Brown. Uh, you know, big, big UFC fight. We got uh, Alexander Volkanovsky fighting this weekend. He's from Australia. He's from down under. Ryan, thank you for joining. Uh, maybe, maybe you sign off proper there. And Ryan D from Dangerous World Podcast. You can uh, find all my work. Hunt with Ghosts. That's a great one. We do news, news stories. So uh, check it out. And you can get a warm Gatorade and a handshake. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Signing out for Drew Missing. You're missing the point.